too i feel like i feel like as a single you're married right you you're a married married woman the lovely beautiful family as a single thug like myself who's out in the streets whole streets so i guess hot but hot you know. the hot streets of phoenix i've always we always i feel like wonder what it's like to work with a matchmaker like we hear about matchmakers we see them but i don't know i feel like physically putting money towards a matchmaker we never really think to do it. It's nothing a lot of us really invest in. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's because we don't think it'll work. I don't know if it's because we don't deem it something we want to spend money on. I'm not quite sure, but yeah, I don't know any matchmakers, but I know you and you're a matchmaker. And so I kind of just want to get your intel on like how you got into it. Um, yeah, just like everything, how you got into it, like just everything. And then I have some questions about me. I'm like, could I be matched? But yes, how did you get into it? <laughs> okay, for sure. So uh, before matchmaking, I was in the event planning industry, both on like the business side, business meetings, as well as personal ones, such as weddings. And um, I always remember ever since being a little girl, I loved going to weddings. So it was my favorite thing. Just the, the idea of two people, uh, you know, coming together in uh, a lifelong union. I mean, what is more beautiful than that? I just love it. And so um, when the pandemic hit, event planning was hit pretty hard, like many other industries. And so I knew I needed to pivot. And that's kind of how I came across matchmaking. I saw the job listing and I thought, I don't know if I'm qualified for this, but it sounds like fun. And so I went for it. And as they say, the rest is history. Wow, that is so awesome. And it's that is true. It is really sweet to like, bring people together, you know, yeah. and yeah, that's crazy. I'm just trying to think of like, like playing matchmaker with do you ever play matchmaker with your friends or family? Have you ever done that before? Or? You know, it's funny you mention it. My very first match was before I was professionally a matchmaker. When I was in college, I um, had a, my roommate uh, met a guy that I thought would be I basically introduced her to someone they got married had a kid. So that was my very first match. And that was years and years ago. Wow. Okay. So you've already had, that's, always... that's the only time I've ever played matchmaker, like in my personal life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say as a single gal, I'm starting to believe the best way to meet people or a partner is through someone that, you know, like, that's so true. Yeah. Uh, you know, like <laughs> I've, I've tried the apps they're you know, whatever. And also I work remote fully. So I'm not in an office where I can meet a cute yeah. bay, getting coffee. Like I'm just at home all the time. Right. Hence the look. So, <laughs> so, you know, it's like the thought of like, I always tell my girlfriends, I'm like, Hey, if you have any cute, if your husband has any friends, if your brother had, like, I always tell them. And I think a lot of us forget, like my friend, she was like, Oh, I only see them as brothers. And I'm like, but I don't see them as brothers. I'm like, <laughs> send them to me. I don't, I don't know them. Right. Like help me. I'm sure. Um, I love that. <laughs> so yeah, no, I am like, please help me. If you know a man send him to me. Exactly. Um, I'm curious or if there's any like misconceptions that you know about that people might have about working with a matchmaker or like what that's like, like what do you, cause I mean, like, let me just say, I've looked into matchmaking before, especially here in Phoenix. I just was like, who's what's out there. You know, there's a lot of wealthy people in Scottsdale. I'm like, there has to be a matchmaker out there matching people up. Sure. And it just looked so, I don't want to say shady, but it just didn't look like, First of all, it didn't look, 
it targeted to a certain age and I was like, Ooh, that's a little, you know, good for them. But I'm like, what about the younger people? And I didn't really see anything yeah. for people of color. That was like, yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. I was like, Oh, like, are you, do you match people of color? Like, do you, are you have experience in that? Like, I feel like those yeah. things are kind of necessary, but yeah, I don't know if there's any misconceptions or people have said things to you about sure. being a matchmaker. Yeah. Those are all really good points. And I feel like uh, it's hard to say because I feel like people do come into matchmaking, of course, with an idea of what they're looking for already, which I think is great. Cause I feel like the better you can articulate what you're looking for, um, the better your matchmaker can match you. Um, but I also agree with what, you, with your points that you just mentioned. I think that finding the right matchmaker is important as well, because I think that when you kind of align, um, in certain regards, um, it, it makes it kind of easier, right? Mm -hmm. um, like for example, like you said, um, if you're looking for a person of color, having a matchmaker that's already a person of color, they can kind of understand some of those nuances, right? Mm -hmm. um, and better match you in that regard. Or maybe like faith is something that's important to you. So having a matchmaker who can kind of understand some of those different um, nuances kind of helps as well. And so it really just kind of depends on what's important to you, talking to different matchmakers to kind of get, you know, an idea of um, what their ex expertise is in is probably the best way to put it. Okay. That is good to know. Do you have an expertise at all or do you just, you, you do it all? Uh, I, I kind of do it all, <laughs> but I think I'm, I'm, I'm positioned well as well, because again, I'm a person of color. So when I have a, a client who is also a person of color and they're looking for that, I'm like, I got you, you know? Um, and so there, there are different ways in which, you know, I'm experienced, but I've also been doing this for several years now. So you kind of, you know, you, you gain knowledge as you go, essentially. You do get, yeah, that's, that makes sense. Um, I'm curious. So like, what does it look like? Like a day in the life or like a day in the, you get a new client, like, yeah. do you call them? Do you talk? Like, how do you, how do you, do you, what's the intake process? And also what things do you look for in a client to work with? Can you turn down clients or do you just make mm -hmm. it work? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm gonna start with that last one because since I work for a company, I can't really turn down clients. Right. I will say there are times though, when you kind of start working with a client and you both just kind of feel like it's not quite the right fit. And that happens sometimes and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, sometimes it depends. You want to work with somebody that you enjoy working with. And, right. you know, sometimes you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea and that's perfectly fine. And True. so, um, but yeah, to answer that, no, I can't reject clients. And sometimes it doesn't always work out and that's fine. And so um, to answer the first part, of, what was the first part of your question actually? Oh, the intake process. Yeah, the intake. Yep. Yes. And so, uh, when you get um, assigned a new client, basically you meet with them um, and you we have what's called a welcome meeting. And that's just the time for us to get to know each other, get an idea of, you know, what are your values? What is your lifestyle? What's, of course, important to you and a partner? And we usually spend at least an hour kind of going over some of those things so that you can understand their background. You know, where do they come from? What drives them? Stuff like that. And um, that's kind of the the start of the process. After that, once you get an idea of what the person is looking for, um, of course, you database and basically see, uh, kind of apply the filters of what they're looking for, you know, age, ethnicity, uh, religious background, political stance, all the sorts of, sorry, if you can hear that, I'm going to mute that. Well, actually, I don't know if I can. Oh, lots of emails. Okay. We're just going to close that tab. <laughs> But yeah, basically you just hit the database, start meeting with different people, see who might be a good fit, 
de depending on what that person is also looking for. So you can make sure it's a compatible match on both sides. And once you feel like you have a good fit, you set them up on a date and kind of hope for the best. Oh my God. Okay. Do you pick the date? Like you, do you set I up do. the date? I set up everything start to finish. And so usually I'll just set up a reservation under my name, you know, have them meet at the table and uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So they literally get to the restaurant and they're like, Reservation for Jasmine, even though none of us are Jasmine. Got it. Exactly. Wow. Okay. And then do they do they report back? And like, yeah. what is that like? Like, the, That's yeah. That's my favorite part, right? Because like, as the client, you're looking forward to the date itself and, and seeing how that goes. But I'm not on the date. Like, I want to hear how it goes. And so I want to get your feedback on, you know, did you click? What was the conversation like? You know, and was there attraction? All of those sorts of things. And so feedback is my favorite part. So I can hear about it. You know, they can kind of dish a little bit and um, see if there's anything about their criteria that needs changing or adding mm -hmm. to. So as we kind of move forward throughout the process, we kind of refine, you know, what it is they're looking for and things like that. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's fun. I love it. Interesting. Okay. Another question for you. In this age, I, I assume you work with all types of age clients. Do you have, do, does your clientele kind of lean towards more one or so age group or? Yeah. So I would say majority of my clients are women and I would okay. say a majority of them are, I would say forties, fifties, sixties. That's, I would say that's the primary uh, demographic of clientele that I work with. And that's honestly, I think that's because of the the company that I work for, I think mm -hmm. that's just kind of, you know, um, what's the most popular, but of course we see other, other demographics, younger, older and stuff like that. Uh, men also, of course, but, um, yeah, I think that's just the primary demographic of the company that I'm at. Okay. That's an interesting point. I feel like that, that age demographic, 40s, 50s, 60s, you might be dealing with people who have been divorced or people who like are looking to start again or, yes. or not at all, just even first time, you know? Yeah. I'm, it makes me think about, I'm in my late twenties and I'm like us people sometimes, I mean, the dating world is crazy. And also there's a lot of people with different intentions and that aren't serious. I also take it on the other side, when you're a little older, you're a little bit more sure of yourself, what you want. And also you are paying, right? So yeah, makes a it's, it's an investment, right? Makes a difference versus us youngins who are just like, whatever, like, ah, oh, let's meet these losers right. on a dating app. It's like when you put more money yeah. into it and more investment, but I'm curious, do you have any type of assessment or do you like, do you deal with anyone who maybe, even though they're paying and even though their intentions are clear, they still like are acting like they're ready to be in a relationship? Yeah, absolutely. And it shocks me too. Cause like you said, when you put that kind of monetary investment into something, you would think that you would be a little bit more, you know, <laughs> that you Serious, would just be right. exactly. And so that happens not often, but I definitely do see it happening every now and then how do you deal with it? Cause I know you can't get rid of clients per se, but right. like, do, do you have that honest conversation with them or do you just, if it, if it gets to a certain point? Yeah. And I would, it actually happened last week where, um, I was trying to schedule a date and the client was just kind of unresponsive. And, um, after a while, the guy that I was trying to set her up with was like, Hey, this is taking a while. Like maybe this isn't going to be a good fit after all. It doesn't seem like she's super available. And so I basically went back and told her the exact same thing he told me. 
and just to kind of deliver the message like, hey, when you're unresponsive, it sends the message that you're not really available or ready to be dating. And so sometimes you do have to have those hard conversations so that they're kind of aware of the, the signals they're giving off. Yeah, that's, I feel like that's a tough conversation to have. <laughs> it is, it is. But honestly, matchmaking is a process that requires a certain level of vulnerability. I even had a, a drug conversation with um, a client earlier this week because somebody that um, she matched with basically accused her of using drugs. And that was a hard conversation to have because, I mean, that was a big assumption. <laughs> uh -huh. So anyway, all sorts of things come out, all sorts of things. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I am <laughs> for some people, like, I don't know, I guess when putting money towards something doesn't always mean you're going to put your best foot forward too, I yeah, guess. Absolutely. That's so true. And the clients that I work with, a lot of them have a lot of money. And so to some of them, like, this is like, it's nothing. Right. And so I think that's kind of why they treat it in that way. Sometimes, like I said, it, it's, it's rare that that happens, but you know, it happens. Yeah, no, totally. And dealing with different types of people and different types of personalities. And I feel like something that I'm just like thinking, I'm like putting myself in your shoes. I'm like, what else could like, I feel like people might, cause on paper, on dating, on our dating resume, we want to look good. Right. But like, maybe they give you one version of themselves and then they give mm -hmm. their date a different version of themselves or vice versa, you know? Yeah, for sure. That also happens. And I think too, you know, when you're meeting with people to see if they could be a good fit for your client, exactly what you said happens, you know, they're trying to put the best image of themselves forth so that they can get matched mm -hmm. and, um, you know, hope it goes well. And it's not, sometimes they show up on the date, not as the person <laughs> I met with, you know, <laughs> and right. so that's a challenge too, but you know, we take it in strides, I suppose. Yeah. Take it in strides. How do you, how do you work with and match so many different types of personalities? Like if I came mm -hmm. to you and I said, Hey, Jasmine, I want a seven foot Buddhist man with blue eyes, <laughs> who's vegan and works out four days a week, only on a full moon. Like what, how do you, <laughs> how, how do you work with that? So I think one of the advantages of, um, you know, having been a matchmaker for, for such a, I won't say a super long period of time, but I've had, you know, some years under my belt. One of the advantages of that is, you know, when people do come to me with, I won't necessarily say unrealistic expectations, but when they come with very specific, you know, standards of what they're looking for, I can kind of go to them and, and say, you know, Hey, I'm not trying to challenge you in any way, but from what I've seen of, you know, the men in your area or um, the particular demographic that you're seeking, these are the patterns that I'm noticing. Mm -hmm. I can definitely try to look for what it is you're seeking, but just giving you the reality of the situation as I know it thus far. And so sometimes that kind of reality check helps people um, rein it in right. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and so um, I find that helps. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. I'm like, you know, when it's kind of crazy that some people still have such strict types. Oh yeah. Oh you yeah. Know? Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. You do know. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm more mature, right? When we were young, I mean, my type was the Chris Brown, light skin, light eyes, tattoo. Like, okay, right. we gotta be, they, 
people don't even aren't even born looking like that. Like we gotta like be <laughs> like right. Like I'm like black people don't have blue eyes. We gotta let that go. Like you know what I mean. Like right. So. And then the older you get, I think for me, it comes down to realizing I'm like, if I want love with someone, obviously, yes, you have things you're attracted to or maybe not attracted to. But at the end of the day, it's like I'm looking for a partner, a life partner. I'm looking for a husband, et cetera. So if you don't have a six pack, I'm that's I don't either. You know, it's OK. Like, that's not it's not about the physical. Um, Absolutely. And you're hitting the nail on the head right now, Destiny. That's like what I, you're preaching to the choir, really, because that's <laughs> what I'm always trying to convey. Matchmaking is a process that requires open mindedness and it requires flexibility, because like you said, you can't expect um, the love of your life to necessarily be packaged in the way that you might have initially envisioned. And so that's that's a really crucial part of the process that I wish I wish more people kind of came into it with the understanding of. I agree. And I think it holds us back. And the older we get, I'm just like, yes. really? You still have like yes. those boundaries? Like she has to have this color hair. Or she has to, it's like, really? Right. right. It's shocking. It really is. But, and I think I was thinking about this earlier too, because as we age, like you said, we, we kind of harden in the, in our lifestyles and our habits. And I think it reduces our ability to compromise, but that's necessary in every single relationship. There's no perfect partner. So no matter who you meet, you know, their problems are inevitable. You're going to have to compromise in some regard. Um, so yeah, to totally true. Totally true. And I agree. And it's like, again, it's like at the end of the day, what is the goal here? Do you want yeah. love? If that's the goal, then some of those superficial, like, it's more about like, how do yes. they make you feel the things you can do together, like the life you're going to build, like think yes. about what does that feel like? I exactly. mean, I'm not saying he has to be ugly and you have to be like, Oh, I don't want to look at him. But like, <laughs> it's important. Agreed. It's important. But if it's not, you know, Idris Elba, like it's okay. Right. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's so true. Like even in my own personal experience, similar to you growing up, I was like, he has to be dark. He has to be, he has to be, all these different things. I'm married to light skin. Okay. <laughs> and here we are <laughs> five years in and it's great, you know? So yeah, you just gotta be open-minded sometimes. You definitely have to be open-minded. That's so interesting. So, well, I'm gonna just throw it on your radar. Um, if you have a tall, hold on, let me get my notepad. <laughs> right. Get the notepad. I'm like, who's my type. I don't really have a type, but late, lately I've dated all races. Um, okay. Okay. but, but I prefer, black man right now. Yeah. Um, I, I've been, what's his name? He was on black Panther okay. and it doesn't help if I don't know his name. I'm, I'm like this too, but I'm, I'm tracking with you so far. I'm looking it up. What's that man's name? It's on the tip of my tongue, but like I'm leaning toward Winston Duke. Winston Duke. Mbaku. He was like, oh, mm. I got you now. Okay. Yes, girl. I'm with you, right? Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. What a, mm. what a dream boat. I mean, I just need that. Like, he's like a bear. Like, I just need that. Like, you're big, but okay. like still thick, but not like, you know, I'm feeling like, you. Yeah. You know, and okay. yeah. I got you 100%. Yeah. Look I'll through, your, for look you, through your database from Baku, please. <laughs> I love it. That man is so fine. Winston Duke is so fine. And then I think I saw him in Us, the horror movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was and just, he, I think that's on Netflix right now. Yeah. It is. And he plays, he plays like the husband and the dad. And I was like, seeing right. him as a dad, I was like, oh. Even better. <laughs> Come through, Winston. Please, Winston, if you're listening, if you're listening, I actually, when I lived in LA, I went to some social event and I saw him. And I remember right. I just 
froze. Yeah, it was like a mixer and I just froze. And I was standing so close to him and I was like, I should say something. I should introduce my, and I didn't. I just like, <laughs> that could have been the day. That could have been the connection. Winston, yeah. I'm here. Winston, <laughs> you will be. Maybe you'll run into him again. <laughs> In Phoenix. Come on down. <laughs> You never know. You never know. Oh, yeah. So anyway, if you have a Winston, I have a list of celebrities, but Winston Duke, that's, he's on the list. So if no, you have a lookalike in your database. I'll let you know. Tell me where to send It'll the money. Be the first um, <laughs> um, do you have any, like, do you have any, like, heartwarming stories you can share? Of course, you can, like, change it. You know, you don't have to go into grand detail. But, like, do you have any stories of, like, success stories or? Absolutely. So I can definitely think of one. And this was a client. She she bought a 12-match package. So she, we went through the entire 12 matches. And at the end of it, the last one, it was just a dud. He just wasn't really the the um, best match for her and there wasn't any connection. So we were both naturally disappointed because that was the last match and I wanted mm -hmm. to send her out with a bang. Um, and so as, uh, as it happened, I actually had met with someone else. He was also on my calendar and I was like, you know what, let me go at least meet with him, you know, see what happens. And I loved him. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And mm -hmm. so um, I ended up giving her a bonus match. They went out, had an amazing time. It was the very first date that she actually, um, she kissed him on the first date. And so they had a wonderful time. As far as I know, they are still seeing each other. This was probably this probably happened toward the beginning of the year. And so it was just a wonderful way to end the package. Um, cause she's, she's, uh, definitely like a career woman powerhouse. Some might even perceive her as a little bit cold. You know, she definitely has a very, um, a certain kind of personality is the best way that I can put it. So not the easiest person to match in the sense of, you know, a lot of men are kind of seeking a little bit of femininity or just mm -hmm. even softness, which is not something that she is one of her most um, prominent qualities, I'll say. So anyway, um, the fact that that date went off so well, that was that was a really big um, dopamine boost for both of us, I think. I love that. Do you have That's anyone that ever like, even though, when they're done using your services, come back and report on how they're doing? Oh, yeah. And that's the best too, right? Because, you know, I'm in the business of setting up first dates. So I don't always hear like the updates of, you know, the long-term relationship and how things have progressed. And so I always love when they come back and they're like, this is how we're doing or sending pictures like that just makes my day because it's knowing that you played a part in that. That makes it super rewarding for sure. No, that's awesome. That is awesome. Do you, do you ever think you would do your own like matchmaking, like go Which? off on your own? Yeah. If I had known about matchmaking before <laughs> I met my husband, I definitely would have been like, set me up. Because I think it's just fun, right? Like, yeah. I, I think the process is just, it's just enjoyable. But I mean, I met him how I met him. So that's, that's good too. <laughs> true, true. Um, do you have any crazy stories you can share? You know, I do. You know, I do. I was trying to think, um, <laughs> I'll just tell the most recent one. So I set up this client, uh, a female client with this guy and, um, the guy, he's kind of like a creative, uh, free spirited type, you know? So they meet each other. They're sitting down at the table. He's telling her about his different, you know, creative pursuits and adventures. And I guess there was this one time that he was modeling for this, um, this like art artistic photo shoot. And mm -hmm. he shows her this picture of him. He's completely naked. He is covered in gold paint. And um, 
when he shows her when he shows her this picture, he's like, "Oh, don't worry about the penis. It's a prosthetic." <laughs> so uh, I, you can't make this stuff up. So that that's probably my most recent one where you're just like, "Huh?" <laughs> what? So that yeah, I, and I've got plenty more, but that that's the most recent one. Yeah. <laughs> So these men, okay, they're a little different. Just on the first date, I mean, sure, maybe later on, you know, sh- but the first date, I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. That's just- I feel like this is a sticky topic because, and this is something, I feel like I'm that person who's very good at, and this is not a good thing, but really? I can be very quick to be like, you know, thinking, I won't say it out loud, but thinking like, Oh, like you did that on a first date. Like, that's why you're still single. You know what I mean? But it's like, I'm also single and I don't think there's anything wrong with me. You know what I mean? So like, how do you deal with clients that do crazy stuff on the date? And you're like, dude, that's why we're here. But also it's like, it's not coming from a place of judgment because there are people who are single just because you're single doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. But it's like, but then, but then in the same turn, it's like, is there something wrong with me? You know what I mean? And, you know, that's one of the reasons I love the feedback process so much, because it's not only for me to get um, feedback from my client, but it's also for me to get feedback about them from the person I match them with. And so if I start to see patterns, that's when I'm like, okay, I have some feedback that I want to share with you. Are you open to hearing it? You know, this might kind of help you. And usually they're open to hearing it and we can kind of discuss those together. But if it's like, like you said, like if it's a one-time thing, um, or something outlandish like that. Luckily he wasn't my client. So I didn't really feel the need to address it with him. Okay. But, um, if it was like about my client and I noticed those patterns, we can kind of, you know, discuss those together and formulate ways to, um, you know, help them show up as their best self moving forward. Okay, good. That's really, you're really mature. I don't know <laughs> if I was a matchmaker, I'd be like, sir, this is why we're in the boat. We're like, I would really be honest with them and they'd probably fire me. So good good for you. Oh my gosh. No, that works too. Shoot. There is no, he should have been called out. (laughs) Honestly, like, like you don't like, do you not see what you're doing? You know what I mean? It's like, I wish we could almost watch ourselves on dates or watch ourselves when we talk to people. Honestly, that would be a good social experiment. That sounds fun. Cause I think a lot of times we think of how maybe we were perceived or what our intentions were, but we're not seeing that awkward interaction where we just showed someone our genitals talking about it's a prosthetic like I, you I know can't explain it. <laughs> it's so odd that is odd that is odd I did want to you you mentioned a while back you mentioned something about one of your clients um who seemed a little bit hardened and not super feminine mm. etc and I'm curious how you go about matching someone like that I have come to terms with the fact that I mean I can get feminine physically like I, I love makeup and hair and I love looking pretty and girly but um, these days, post-pandemic, that has gone, I mean, pre, pre-pandemic, I was lashes, full face, weave, nails, toes, like I was on. And then the pandemic hit and I work remote and now I'm just like kind of a recluse and I don't really wear makeup and I wear like comfy clothes and I'm okay with it. I still think I'm beautiful, but, 100%. but dating, it can be challenging, you know, when I'm not the stiletto queen I was three years ago and some men are looking for that that feminine, et cetera. And even when on dates, you know, being my true self, I tend to have more like alpha female qualities and like, I'm mm-hmm. very independent, independent and you know, things like that. So I'm curious how you work with women like that, considering I th- I feel like we're in a wave of 
not all men, but a lot of men are kind of, it's socially acceptable right now to look for a feminine woman and things like that. Sure. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I do have this document that I actually share with clients before their first date, um, clients and the matches alike, because I think it kind of helps um, give context and perspective on what, um, not necessarily what people find attractive, because I don't Mm -hmm. want you to try to fit into a certain mold to make yourself something that you're not, but to kind of give you some tips and pointers that might help you be more successful on dates and things like that. Um, one of them is about, um, first of all, being confident, you know, no matter how you present and show up, you've got to be comfortable in your own skin, um, because people can feel that, you know, and so that's definitely a big one. Um, another one that comes up pretty often is, um, conversation, right? That's the biggest part of the date itself. You know, how does the conversation go? And sometimes one person will talk entirely about themselves and not really ask questions. And so Mm -hmm. that reciprocity is definitely something that's also um, required, I think, in first dates that sometimes people forget. And so I think that's also really important. Um, But to kind of address like the whole femininity thing, I, I, I think have a lot of thoughts about this. I, but I, my most predominant thought, I think it's about, um, like you said, you want to show up as authentically as you possibly can. And so, and, and basically the person that you're meeting with, if they can't accept that, then that's not the person for you. Um, but there are things that you can do in the same breath that will help you feel more feminine, such as, like you said, what you wear or, um, you know, just how you present yourself and things like that. And so I think there are different ways that you can kind of embody like that softness and femininity without, without, you know, straying from who you really are, if that makes sense, as cliche as it sounds. (laughs) No, it does make sense. It does make sense. And I think, again, I'm, I was, I had coffee with my friend Tiffany uh, last week and she's married and she, she, her and her husband just moved out here, but she made a good point. She was just saying like, her true self, like, again, she's also physically feminine and she's like, but my true self working remote. And now that I'm married, she's like, I kind of, I got him. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like it, (laughs) you know, like in a way you're like, you know, and it's not, not true to you, but you, we do put a little more effort in the way we look, we want to be accepted. Right. And then maybe once you get into that relationship or that marriage, okay, now I'm taking the wig off or like, you know, it's like, (laughs) you know, like, right. But I've just, you know, so it's like, I'm, my true form right now is like, I want to sit on the couch and watch TV and I don't want you to touch me. Like, and I just, I want to eat snacks and like hang out with you. Yeah. But like, we can't get there until I like pull you in with everything else, with my looks and you know what I mean? And sometimes that's yeah. exhausting. It's sure. exhausting. I mean, dating is exhausting in general. If you think about it, like it's, gosh, it's starting over with new people. Ugh, gosh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Dating can't be exhausting. But it can be really fun too. It can be really fun too. It can be. Hold hold on to your husband. Go ahead and just hold on to him. I do not. I do not envy dating culture because I think, like, too, the name of your podcast, you know, like the the swipe culture, it's so prevalent and it really does affect not just dating, but also like the way people view relationships. People are so Mm -hmm. quick to be like, on to the next, on to the next. And I think that mentality has really kind of poisoned 
our um, romantic culture because nobody can stick around and stick through stuff anymore. And that's probably a topic for another day. But anyway, but it's true. I know. No, you're telling me it's just it's become so transactional or just so a picture, you know, it's just so I'm really on a mission to meet people in person. I realize I have to leave my house in order to do that. So I'm working Mm -hmm. on that part. But it's a great start. It's a great start. I'm going to start leaving the house. Just got to leave the house. Let's try there. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Well, do you have any advice for anyone who is considering looking for a matchmaker or has never thought to use one? Absolutely. You know that I do. So I feel like we've already touched pretty much on open-mindedness and how crucial that one is. I think that's, that's probably the biggest piece. I think we've touched on this a little bit as well, but I'll also reiterate vulnerability, you know, as open and honest as you can be with your matchmaker, the better, you know, your matchmaker can match you. And I know it's sometimes hard to get into the stickiness of our past and our triggers and all of those different things, but the more we know, the better we can match. And so that's also a really important piece. And finally, I think you have to go into matchmaking with the, with the, mindset that it's a process and it's a process that does take time. You know, um, I have, I have a client, (laughs) I have a client who has a super specific idea about what she's looking for. She's the opposite of someone who is open-minded and flexible. And when you go in with that rigid, um, kind of, uh, mentality, it, it affects everything, you know, it, mm-hmm. it affects your experience and she's not having the best experience. And I try to coach her into being a little bit more flexible to this and that. And, um, basically, you know, go into it knowing that, like we talked about earlier, your dream person might not be packaged in the way that you think. And so understanding that it can take time, understanding that your matchmaker is not a, a people generator, right? We're working with people that have flaws, but strengths as well, you know? And so keeping all of those things in mind, I think will really enable you to have a positive experience. That's so true. I'm like, if you're listening, you hear that? It's okay if he's a couple inches shorter. It's okay. (laughs) The short kings need love too. (laughs) Listen, I'm open to the short kings. I've really, truly, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep a balance between being open-minded and having no standards. I'm trying to keep trying to. Yes. Love that. You, you know, like, I'm like, okay, now we can't just love on everybody, but. Right. right. That's true. And that's my philosophy too in matchmaking. You know, like I want to try to align your values and lifestyles as much as possible. So you don't have to compromise your core values. Right. But more so compromising on, you know, Maybe does he squeeze the toothpaste in the way that you like? Some people are very picky about that. I don't get that, but that's also a story. That's really specific. That's really specific, but I will say, Jasmine, icks, that is like a thing. Like, I have icks like that where I'm like, ooh, the way, the way he wears his flip-flops, I just want to punch him in the face. Like, I, And you're married, so I'm sure you have a lot. Like, when you oh, live yes. with someone so long, you know. You know. Yes. But yeah. Do you... Do you have any advice on how to get over icks? Like anything that grosses, like, or just like those peeves that people that are just really dumb, but. Yeah. I mean, it's really all communication. I think w- one of the big things I remember learning, cause we did premarital counseling. And one of the things that I learned that's always stuck with me is um, communicating how you feel. And I feel statements when you do mm-hmm. this, it makes me feel. And that 
makes it so it's not like you're placing blame, but it lets them know and gives them a, an awareness of how that behavior affects you. You know, so there are some things that you're just going to have to like accept, right? Mm -hmm. But there are other things that are like, if they're big enough, because you do have to choose your battles, but if they're big enough, you know, um, communicating it in, in that way and uh, kind of going from there. I think I found that really helpful. That's really, you know what? The key to this I'm learning now is communication and maturity. Big time. Absolutely. Absolutely. An emotional maturity, a desire to continue to grow, you know, that, yes, 100%. You're right. And even though it's little things like that, I think the communication of like, hey, babe, I don't like the way you pick your nose or like, I, I don't like the way you, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But like stuff like that, where it's like, we're humans and sometimes humans do human things and now we're together and I have to, I don't want to live with that, you know? No, for real. That's, that's real. 100%. Ugh. Yeah. Gross. I my own. <laughs> right. I'm like, mm. they are gross. They're gross. Oh my gosh. Can't yeah, live no. Can't live with them. Can't live without them. <laughs> I can live without him, Jasmine, but I, I don't want to. <laughs> that's also real. Very bad. I don't want to. I don't want to. That's what I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much. That's all I had for you today. Um, I now personally have a new kind of insight on matchmakers. Now that I know you, because I'm like, again, all the other matchmakers I've seen, and especially in Phoenix, I'm like, uh, uh. You know, so yeah, mostly into local ones. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it could be worth, and I don't know like what the, the difference in like packaging would be like, but I work with nationwide clients. And so if it could be worth, you know, oh. looking for people who do work nationwide, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Food for thought. Interesting. A question for you. Do you meet with them in person? Do you do remote? You do it all? Usually the first meeting is over Zoom just because it's the most easy, but mm -hmm. um, always open to meet in person as well to see if there's, you know, more we can learn about each other and stuff like that. But yeah. It's all over Zoom. Very cool. I feel yeah. like in person you can pick up on people's like body language and energy and be For like, sure. you're really yeah. good or like you're a weirdo. Like you can, <laughs> you know. For sure. No, that's so true. And that's why for dates, I like to have them meet in person if possible. But sometimes we do Zoom dates as well, you know, because I think ultimately you can still see if there's a connection, you know, meeting over Zoom. That but like is true. Said, that feeling that physical presence is also important. So, you know, each has their own kind of benefits and cons and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Wow. 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 Well, I might be knocking on your door. Let me know. Um, to find my Winston Duke. Okay. <laughs> please do please do i will and for the rest of our uh, listeners when i post this i'll post all your social media so if you want to hit up jasmine to help find you your winston duke or your channing tatum or whatever you're into <laughs> all right all right now she's like i don't know if we have that in phoenix but i'll do my best <laughs> exactly cool well thank you jasmine i really appreciate yes, it of course cool. this was so fun i appreciate yes it. thanks for coming i'll have to have you back on when we start talking about like married life let's do that let's do yeah. that Okay, because that's where the real tea is. That's the right. I'm like, that's where the real tea is. And I have some questions about being a wife. What is that all about? A journey. A journey. A journey. A journey. Thanks for tuning into Swipe Society. Please rate us and leave us a five star review on Spotify and anywhere else you listen to this podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, please like, subscribe, comment, and share. 
If you're not already, please give us a follow on Instagram at Swipe Society Pod and send all questions and inquiries to hello at SwipeSocietyPod.com. Don't forget, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. Chat soon!